Welcome to another edition of the official Jets podcast. Ethan Greenberg, Eric Allen here in the Bet MGM studio. We have a special guest on Dennis Wazak, AP New York Jets beat writer. Waz, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. So training camp underway. We're recording this after the first day of full pads. But Waz, let's start you off with a layup here. What have been your initial impressions of Jets camp? And what are a couple things that stand out to you, whether that be player or position? I Well, <laughs> if, if you want to go player first, I mean, Elijah Moore has really been impressive. And I think that it's hard to not single him out as a guy who has stood out on the field and just he seems to be open all the time. He makes plays all over the place every day, every single day at every practice. And uh, so that's been really uh, promising to see from the rookie wide receiver. And then the other guy who's really stood out is Carl Lawson. And um, he seems to be in the backfield every uh, almost every play. Um, and that is a nice thing to see. I mean, it, the battle between he, you know, between Lawson and Becton is really something to watch. And, um, and now that pads are on, you could kind of dig into that a little more and see how they play off each other and, and that sort of thing. So that's been like, that's been really cool. But the other thing in a big picture way is the vibe, you know, I think we've talked about it and several of the other beat writers, just kind of the vibe around the jets right now. There's a lot of, you know, good vibes. There's a lot of optimism, new coach, the rookie quarterback, there's, you know, putting, trying to put the losing in the past and, and you see, you could feel it, you know, there's something different right now. And, I, you know, and I, that, it's a good thing for the, the franchise right now. And, and now you're getting into the meat of training camp now that the pads are on and, and the real work is, is really starting up. So, um, and then once the preseason games start, but that, that's kind of the overall feel that I've gotten, uh, you know, from being here through the first six uh, practices and, and that sort of stuff. Uh, that's a great summation. I can't believe that the Jets reported actually one week ago today. They've already been in camp for a week. Before you know it, we're going to be here in early September and talking about the Jets' preparations for the Carolina Panthers. I'd agree with you, Waz. If you were to pick one player on each side of the ball who has stood out, you nailed it. Carl Lawson looks like something the Jets haven't had in a long time. I know he hasn't taken a snap for the green and white just yet. And uh, Elijah Moore, Robert Sala said he's an old soul. And he meant that in very complimentary terms that this guy can't get enough. He absorbs a lot. He's a versatile performer and he just makes plays on the football field. Every time we're out there, guys, um, we're going to get to the culture bit in a couple moments as well. But, I wanted to ask you your description of what was happening out there on the practice field just hours ago as we were just watching a typical training camp practice, the first padded practice of the 2021 training camp. And we looked up and there was an offensive lineman, Cam Clark, down there on the field. I had never experienced anything like that covering the Jets. Yeah, I mean, so this is – I mean, I've been covering camp, I think, since 2005. Um, and, yeah, that, it's a, it's always a scary thing when a guy goes down. But when you see a player not moving, and that was what the situation was here, um, we were up high, up on the, the uh, patio, looking down and across the field. So 
at first when it happened, you didn't even know, like none of us up there really knew what happened. And then as the players kind of separated, you saw that there was a guy on the field and you couldn't tell who it was because he was kind of face down. And so his legs were kind of facing us and they didn't move. And that's always a scary thing. And we've seen injuries in camp before guys with knees and ankles and things like that, but you know, they're writhing in pain and and you could tell like, Oh man, you know, this is something serious. They're, they're hurt, but it didn't look like he was moving. And that was the the scary thing. And then once you see the board come out and the, the, uh, you know, just the cart and bringing him over to the ambulance, it just, uh, it's, it's, you know, for, just from us looking at it, it's scary. You can imagine how the coaches and players feel too, just seeing one of their guys in that position. And, you know, and it, it doesn't matter, young, old, whatever, but here's a young guy who's really trying to to make his mark and, and kind of, you know, find a role on this team. And, and uh, you know, it just shows you that, man, it just any second. I mean, this game is dangerous. You know, we all know that, but, man, it didn't look like it was anything out of the ordinary either. It just kind of was – you know, I think Robert Sala was saying he kind of rolled out for pass protection and then that was it. He was he went down and, you know, we'll see what happens, but hopefully he's uh, he's OK. Uh, but yeah, man, just uh, a scary thing to see. It doesn't matter how long you cover the sport and whether you're covering practices, games, uh, the injuries can happen at any point. And this is it's a good example of that, just how that is. Yeah, we're hoping by the time people are listening to this. We have some positive news on the Cam Clark front, but the reason why I bring that up is it was just a typical padded practice, mm-hmm. and the Jets were towards the end of it, and Clark goes down, and Robert Sala didn't wait too long, Waz and Ethan. He said, that's it, fellas. We're not doing that last team, period. And then for 10 minutes, we all sat there as people cover the team, and there were still guys on the field, but the medical personnel were attending to cam clark but it was so eerie because you could hear a pin drop yeah it was it was weird and you know we couldn't tell who it was at first you know all of us on the balcony just looking knowing that there was somebody down then you kind of go by like process of elimination we're like okay well i see this guy this guy this guy and then we heard the news that it was in fact cam clark but changing topics here was but keeping on the offensive line, the pads come on offensive linemen obviously can get a little more physical in the trenches with the defensive linemen. And particularly on the interior, I, I'm sure that you've been impressed by the outside matchup, Mekhi Becton, Carl Lawson, and Elijah Vera Tucker, highly touted rookie. But I'm curious from your standpoint, Waz, as someone who focuses a lot on the old line, at least in the time that I've been here, what do you make of this newfound depth across the front five for the Jets on the offensive side of the ball? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it looks pretty good right now. Um, and and I, I like that, you know, even Van Roten has looked pretty good, at, you know, as one of the, the starting five at this point. Um, when you have that mix where you can kind of move guys around um, and, and – and, and rotate and, and have competitions. That's that's what I'm trying to say. When you can have competitions where there, there are definitely guys who can come in and win jobs. You know, you, you have, I mean, look at the, the right tackle spot. You bring in Morgan Moses and, and you assume that George Fant will kind of be a swing guy. But 
man, that, that guy's he's started and he has a lot of experience. So now if he doesn't start and Morgan does, which, you know, we all assume um, that that's a nice depth piece right there. And then Alex Lewis also. So he moves from, you know, left guard. And then all of a sudden you have a guy with a ton of experience who could play at that position. Maybe he wins the right guard spot. Who knows? But um, I think Joe Douglas made a conscious effort to overhaul the offensive line, solidify it. Um, we've seen what all of the, you know, the mix and matching and, and injuries also playing a part in that, what that can do um, to the offense and to the quarterback and just how things run. And I, I think by having Becton, by having Elijah Vera Tucker on that left side, you have two guys you know for the next hopefully several years, they're the foundation. You know, Connor McDermott, um, you know, is a guy who can come in and, and help in different spots also. He's a guy in a competition. Connor McGovern at center, you, you have a guy who's a veteran, you know. Uh, it just I like what, they, what they're doing. I think this is the most depth I've seen on the O-line at this point in camp in a long time where you know that, Okay, here's the five, but if a guy gets hurt, they might be in trouble. Um, I, I love what I'm seeing after practice wise too, and not just the team drills that we're charting and taking notes on and writing about. Uh, John Franklin Myers the other day, he was with Cam, the aforementioned Cam Clark for 20 minutes after practice. Today it was Alex Lewis and Nathan Shepard, two guys, two younger veterans, I guess you would say, in the New York Jets. They were giving themselves help. And then Morgan Moses has not been here for a long time, but you continually see him in the ears of everybody. Talk about a professional attitude, right? Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's the thing. I think a few of those guys that we've spoken to, Makai, uh, Morgan, uh, John Franklin Myers, um, different guys on both sides, the interesting thing that I thought when talking to some some of those guys over the past few days is that, um, and I think it was Makai who said um, he and Carl Lawson don't trash talk. And you would think during camp, and maybe that changes as we get deeper into camp when you know you just want to like really like take out your aggression, you know. But right now they're kind of just bouncing ideas off of each other, suggestions how to get better and. And that's really cool because I think for the young guys to hear like, hey, you're doing this and, you know, I need you to do something else because I need to get better. So if you're getting better, I'm getting better and then we're getting better together. I mean, like that whole message, that's a that's a really cool thing. And I, I don't know that I've really heard that from other offensive and defensive linemen over the years. Yeah, somebody pissed off Jared Davis today, fellas. I don't know what happened, <laughs> yeah. but after one of those team reps, his helmet's off and he's kicking it to the sideline. Yeah, he, <laughs> he was not a happy camper, <laughs> no pun intended. But he, he wasn't hurt. He did come back and finish practice. So, But he, he definitely was not very happy after that play. <laughs> Waz, give us a couple guys that you have your eyes on to see maybe what they can do in training camp, whether that's someone fighting for a spot a starting spot, a depth spot, maybe it's a second-year guy. doesn't matter who it is, just a couple players that you're like, you know what, I'm kind of curious to see how this player practices with pads on and then plays in the preseason. Yeah, that, that's a good question because I think there are, there are a lot of different guys that you can throw into that mix. I'll tell you one guy who's kind of stood out 
over the last few practices is wide receiver DJ Montgomery. We've seen him make some plays over the last few days, and he's one of those guys under the radar because everybody's talking about, you know, Elijah Moore and uh, Crowder and Corey Davis. And, you know, you wonder how many spots there are. But some of these guys, they're trying to, you know, make a spot for themselves. And I think he's one of those guys that's done that. Um, Bryce Huff today had a sack or a sack I could put in quotes, you know, and, and he's a guy you kind of forget about as, as a guy who might be able to mix in and, and help with the pass rush. Um, I, you know, I think there, there's another guy, Javelin Gidry has made some plays throughout this camp and uh, so far, and he's another guy who you might think, okay, well, you know, they don't have Brian Poole anymore, but maybe, Javelin Gidry is a guy who could be a nickel guy, you know, and fill in. And and I've liked what I've seen from him. So so those are a few of the guys. And, and I'll tell you what, that running back uh, competition and the rotation is really intriguing to me because they have so many guys who can do so many different things between, you know, Coleman and Ty Johnson and Michael Carter, you know, just guys that they could use and do different things with and, and P. Ryan and um, and that's what I'm really intrigued about seeing what they, how they'll all kind of mix in because it's hard to imagine that they'll all make the, the, you know, the roster, but I think they all have different skill sets that could help an offense, especially a young quarterback. What do you think about the adversity this team has faced here early in training camp? Uh, you get the news of Greg Knapp's tragic passing, and he was so beloved here, not only at One Jets Drive, but throughout the National Football League, and you know that so well, Waz. Then Zach Wilson has a little holdout. It's a couple days, but then he's on the field. And then, you know, your first padded practice, you have to end it early because an offensive lineman is hurt, and hopefully he's okay. The Jets have had to face a lot of adversity here early this summer, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, and we're only, you know, a week in, you know, it feels like more uh, because of the way the days go and everything. But um, yeah, I mean, and those are the major things. And and like we said earlier, hopefully, you know, we know a little more and it's positive on uh, Cam Clark. But but yeah, I think like the Greg, the loss of Greg Knapp, um, I mean, it, that it's just obviously a tragedy. Um when you look at it from a football standpoint, it's, it's tough because he was going to be such a vital part of Zach Wilson's development, especially in this, this first season and how, you know, what he could do to help uh, Zach Wilson and the rest of the quarterbacks, as well as the offense, he, he was a, you know, a veteran presence who's been around. I mean, he's got so much, he had so much experience and, and been so many places and, and had success, you know, and I think that's, man, that, that's just tough from a football standpoint. And, you know, personally, I mean, like these guys, it, I mean, I don't know that they've had a lot of chance to mourn either. You know, um, once we found that, found out the news um, just a few days later, training camp was starting, you know, so, um, you know, I like the fact that the team has the decals on the helmet, the GK. And, um, you know, I think they'll be thinking of him all throughout the season, but, but yeah, I mean, it, there, there are certain things, and and that's why having a coach who's got a uh, the, the the calm demeanor and just like the command, he just commands, you know, that demands respect. Just the way he comes in, and and I think that is important also. And I, I think all of these guys are buying in to what Robert Sala is kind of 
you know, just his presence and the message that he's sending right now. So I think that's important to have to keep the team together during these, you know, rough patches that have, you know, cropped up early on here. Waz, what have you made of Zach Wilson in his first four practices so far? I, I think, um, I, I think nobody, we can't get crazy about any of it. You know, we get, he was, he was, come on, Waz, get he crazy. Was, he was right. <laughs> <laughs> he was rusty in that first practice. He was really good in the second, and he was up and down in the, the last two. And I think that's to be expected, right? I mean, just a rookie trying to like feel his way through his first several practices, and and I, I think to expect anything more is unrealistic. And I, I I like some of the things that he's done. He's made some plays that we've seen, you know, and, and that we are expecting to see him rolling out to the right on the move, throwing long and deep and connecting. And, you know, and then other things where, um, you know, he had Vincent Smith open down the field and he kind of underthrew a pass. And I think he's still getting, he's still getting the, uh, the feel for the receivers and the timing and all that. And that's why we're here now, you know, to, to see all that um, as the Jets to kind of come together and, and figure out what's going on. So I, it's hard to judge all of these things because it's not a game at this point, you know, it's, it's practice and they're trying out different things. But um, so, yeah, I, like, I, I mean, Twitter can get crazy because they want to know, is this kid going to be a bust after four practices or whatever? But, you know, I think he's at where you would expect them to be like a, a really good day, a not so good day and up and down day. So, um, but th there's a ton of promise with this kid. You see it. You understand why they took him with the number two pick. You, there's flashes, and I'm sure we'll start seeing even more and consistently as we go on here through the summer. Well, how about that? A reason take on the young quarterback. <laughs> the, the bottom line is, Waz, isn't it that, listen, he's going to have some great moments. You could see the talent, and you can also see the insatiable hunger he has for football. You, you just can't get enough of it. But with that being said, there's going to be bumps along the way. There's going to be interceptions. There's going to be sacks taken. There's going to be losses. And Robert Sala is prepared for that. They know that not only Wilson guys, this is a young roster. Mm -hmm. So Dennis, can you speak to the youth of this roster? You can start with Wilson, but you know, Sala is not afraid to rock and roll with this group. I believe we've been talking about it here for a couple of weeks. Now, this is the youngest the jets have been at this point in the summer in two decades. Yeah. And, and I think that is something that everybody's going to have to keep in mind as we go along here. And, and I think Robert Sala has even said, it. you know, there are going to be times where um, this team looks like it could go to the Super Bowl, and other times when it'll look like it hasn't been coached, you know, and, and he said that. So um, I, I think he's trying to temper that because I, I think coming in, right. Like the, the, the optimism has been at a high and uh, at a, and a, at a point that we haven't seen in a long time around here. And um, it, you know, for good reason, I, there hasn't been a lot of winning. And I think now fans want something to cheer for. And I think they deserve that obviously, but I think to rush or to, to think that it's going to happen right away, you have a lot of pieces here that can come together and be good, but there are going to be hiccups. Like we, we see it in a league and, and uh, just as Robert Sala warned, you know, it's just, 
made. So it's such a young roster you have, and you think of the pieces that they have who that could be potentially long-term key contributors from Zach Wilson and Becton, Elijah Vera Tucker, uh, Michael Carter, Elijah Moore, Denzel Mims. Um, and then you go on the defense and you have, you know, the young guys up front. I mean, at least the defensive line, you have experience there and you, you have a lot, but, but other than that, like, there are a lot of young guys. Look at the, the cornerbacks between, you know, even Bless Austin and, uh, you know, Bryce Hall. There's a lot of youth there. And, um, you know, I think fans are going to have to be patient. I think the Jets will be patient. They just want to see some progress. And I think that's, that's the realistic view that you have to take with this team in year one under Robert Sala. Waz. This is maybe putting you on the spot a little bit. I'm not quite sure yet, but come on, man. But but I, I guess I guess I am going to put you on the spot. Oof. Um, okay. Well. I, I think one guy who does is CJ Mosley. And I think he will. I, I think there's just a lot to prove that he can come back and be that type of player, that CJ Mosley type of player. I think that's, that'll be key. Um, I like that. He kind of changed his look, right? He, he talked to us uh, recently and he, he looked like a different guy. He dropped a lot of pounds. He wants to be faster and I, I like that. I, I think Jared Davis is another one. We mentioned him getting all fired up and like kicking his helmet across the field. I think he's got something to prove because he's a guy who kind of got phased out in Detroit. And think about that. The Jets could have two candidates for comeback player of the year, really, in that middle linebacker area, you know? And, and so those are two guys. I think Denzel Mims is, is a guy who will need to prove that he can – um, you know, be a contributor at this level, if not more. And you saw flashes last year. Um, right now he's kind of running behind some of the other guys in training camp in terms of like team wear on the teams, but it's hard to gauge that at this point right now. So I, I think those are three guys right off the top of, uh, of my head that I could think. I think also those guys, like I mentioned, the cornerbacks, you know, uh, Bryce Hall and Bless Austin, those are guys who, who might not have been the most heralded coming out of the draft. Um, they have opportunities here to really grab hold of, of starting jobs because that it's so wide open back there um, and they have starting experience. And um, I think those are two guys that really, and, and one other one that, that just Chris Herndon, I mean, we've been talking about him for the last few years, kind of being um, a, a key to the offense and really if he can come on and he's had a couple of good practices here, um, I know like fans are like, uh, you know, but no, he, he has had some good practices. He's made some catches. And I think, man, if they can get him to become a, a consistent outlet for Zach Wilson, um, man, it, that just adds something to that offense. So I, I think those guys are, are guys that really kind of need to come through this training camp with uh, a positive on their, you know, next to their name. Because that, that they, they would be very important to the success this year. So am I seeing things through a green and white lenses as I hold my glasses right here? Because I look at that defensive line and it doesn't have Quinn and Williams out there just yet. Can the Jets defensive line be one of the better units in football? Um, because 
listen, Lawson has been one of the stars of camp. I know we haven't played any games yet, but now he has, you're pairing him up with potentially a dominant middle. Quinn and Williams, an emerging star. Sheldon Rankins is here. Fuller runs Ofatakasi, probably doesn't get the run he deserves. He played really well last season. He's in the middle. We can continue to go down the line. Albrick said it, Jeff Albrick said it in the spring, where a quarterback's going to step up in the middle. Maybe in the past in Carl Lawson's career, they could step up. And another guy that Ethan and I continue to talk about, John Franklin Myers is quietly having a really strong camp. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and that's key. You refer to with Jeff Ulbrich. Um, if quarterbacks can't step up, I mean, that helps if the Jets have a a weakness, I'll put in quotes, in the back end. Um, that will help them because if they are constantly putting pressure on the quarterbacks, well, the quarterback's not going to be able to just tee off and just throw it downfield and then have you know rely on one-on-one matchups and that kind of thing downfield. I think, man, it's you mentioned all the guys and and uh, John Franklin Myers, Sheldon Rankins, even Vinnie Curry. He hasn't practiced yet, but he's a guy who's got a ton of experience. And you mix all those guys, like yeah, man, it, it's the totally the strength of this team, but they could be one of the best defensive lines in this league just because also a lot of those guys do different things. You know, you look at Lawson, he's not your traditional pass rusher. You have uh, Quinn and Williams in the middle. Uh, Foley is, is just a big dude who's athletic, you know, and, and Sheldon Rankins is a, is a veteran who's done a lot. And, um, and, and I think he's another guy who has something to prove too. You know, he, he, is coming into this situation where you know, he's dealt with some injuries the past few years, but um, when healthy, he's a force too. So, I mean, man, uh, if, if you look at it from that perspective, yeah, I don't think you're looking through the green and white colored glasses at all. I think those those guys could really be a force and and really call it. They could probably help this team win a few games just playing the way we expect them to. Yeah, I don't know what you guys thought. Sal is not a cocky guy. He just projects a lot of confidence. But when he was talking about the defensive line the other day, he said, well, yeah, they're doing pretty good, but then we're going to get Quinn and Williams back, and then we're going to get Vinny Curry back and, and Phillips as well. I mean, like, I, I think he really senses he's got something very strong so. here. Yeah, I, th I think that's fair, and to use – to bring this back to your question that was answered, I don't think you're looking at the Jets defensive line just through green and white colored lenses. Was I just want to wrap up with this. You know, we've asked players in the past training camp, like, like what's your recipe for success? They're like, you know what? We hydrate, we sleep, we foam roll, we study. What is the media key to success through your eyes to get through a training camp? And what training camp year is this for you? You've been here since what, 06? Yeah, my, I, I took over the beat in 06. The interesting thing was in 05, I covered training camp as a backup. And in 06, I was still a backup, didn't do training camp, but took over the beat right after training camp began. So whatever that makes it, 15, 16. Um, it counts. I'm still trying to figure it out. I, I mean, <laughs> like trying to survive. You're, you're a young dude. Man, I, I, you know what happened today? So, you know, it was overcast out. Who didn't put any sunscreen on his face? And then I realized me, me and you. And you're me. What are you doing? You know, like you gotta put 
sunscreen on and so those kind of things yeah it's uh you know it's such a like a balance of time you know managing your time you guys know i mean you guys are busy also and it's just like okay you know you show up to practice you're trying to figure out what's what's going on through practice and then you gotta write and you just try to come up with story ideas and stuff like that you have to pace yourself i think at this point you know and, and know like okay like, I don't need to tell all the stories right now. We have a few weeks, you know, and, and that's the thing. Don't count. Like, try not to count, you know, like, okay, you know, another practice, another practice, because all of a sudden, it'll be week one. And that's how it happens. And then the season rolls, right? I mean, all of a sudden, we're like, hey, uh, it's it's Thanksgiving, and now all the holiday stuff is coming out. It's like, it's crazy. So, yeah, that's, I'm still, I'm still working on mastering the whole thing. Hey, it's going to break it up nice this year with the joint practices, don't you think so? And yeah, hey, I thought it was very interesting when Salah said the other day that we'd love to practice with the Giants in the future. Well, not the way the Giants practice today, apparently. An all-out brawl? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Waz, what do you make about that? A little Jets-Giants uh, well, all-out brawl next year? I was thinking that. like Once I saw the news while we were standing there, I was like, well, maybe you might not want to have to brawl because the, the Jets and Giants have a history of, of some of that. That's why they stopped doing those joint practices because, you know, Jeremy Shockey, I think, was involved like way back in uh, – so, yeah, I mean, I, I think you, you got the Packers and the Eagles. See how that goes. You got those two teams and and then see, because it could, you know, these guys by that time, they just want to start hitting people, you know? So we'll see. I, I think Jets Giants would be pretty fired up though. And then, and then you got the Wilson Aaron Rodgers dynamic. That's mm -hmm. the guy you looked up to uh, growing up. He turned 22 today. And everybody's asking him about Brady, but he said he was drawn more to Rodgers the flashier the two. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But he did call Tom Brady the GOAT. And, right. You know. But but I think it makes sense, Waz, because when Zach Wilson was coming out of the draft and in that process, a lot of people compared Zach Wilson's style of play and the motion to somebody like Aaron Rodgers. Don't you think that that, that was the book on him coming out of school a little bit? Oh, yeah. More than Brady, at least. Well, sure. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, that, that was, you look at him and you, you think Wilson is kind of a mix of Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes, like some of the, the traits that those guys have. Whenever a guy is good at those off balance throws and, and just making things out of nothing, seemingly that's, that's what you see. And, and so it makes sense that he would be more of an Aaron Rodgers guy because that's the type of player he is than, than more than a Brady. But, uh, yeah, I, I like the, the line. It was like, yeah, you know, so 22 and I think I was I was uh, one when he came into the league. It's like, man, that's it makes us all feel old. You know, like it's like, wow, that guy could be our son. Like, how did that happen? Yeah. Hey, let, let me tell you something here. A little history lesson for you was from our own Randy Lang. You know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have never won at the Jets ever. That's the only team who have never beaten the Jets, I believe, uh, here at home. And Tom Brady is going to see the aforementioned Zach Wilson and company late in the year. It's August, all right? It's August 3rd. Let's get there when we get there, and that will come before the Jets and Giants joint practices, maybe in 2022. That's all we have for this episode of the official Jets podcast. Waz, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thanks, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. It was fun. And we'll see you next episode on the official Jets podcast.